Hi, I'm Cotton Candy TA. And I'm Naya Rose. And welcome to the From Zero to Approximately podcast. We're on week three of turning Naya into a professional day trader, or at least as far as I can get her, um, <laughs> not knowing anything at all and going through the ropes. How's it going so far? How are you feeling? What have you learned? Talk okay. to us about your experience in the past. All right. So my experience so far is it's hard. In short form, it's really hard. It's difficult. Like it's not something that I would take for the the lighthearted because you really have to take your time, learn all the theories and understand it. And by the way, FOTA remastered or FOT, FOTR, yeah. FOTR remastered. It yeah. is, it's it's great. It's amazing. But you talk really really fast, I and do. I have yeah, to I like slow sure. it down. Just yeah. so I could like really understand what you're saying and actually look at the charts while you're talking and and really really just understand. So I when I go doing go to do my paper trading, actually seeing the things you're saying and actually doing it, it different uh, ball game, right? It's a completely different ball game. So, so I've gotten that comment a lot that I talk so fast yeah. and uh, I do I do that on purpose in Future Trading Remastered because it's yeah. such. A heavy course you have to realize it's 46 lessons condensed down into shorter lessons than a singular lesson and it's condensed into 10 lessons so the original future of trading 46 lessons some of them are two and three lessons each it ends up being about 90 lessons i condensed it all down to 10. so that was part of the the contract that i make with everybody okay. i'll remaster it but this is the thing i'm gonna go fast and it's not gonna be for the faint of heart yeah. so you're right. Uh, and there's this beautiful tool on YouTube where you can click the little gear icon and you can slow down the speed at, at which I talk. Yeah. So I've had to tell a lot of people that you're not alone. <laughs> Don't worry, you're not alone. Um, I've had to tell a lot of people that, that it's like, okay, you can just click the, uh, the cog on the YouTube settings player and uh, there's an option for playback speed. So that's a great help. I mean, a lot of people are out there being like, oh, I have to download it. Like, yeah, I just click the cog and yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a trade-off. That's a contract I, that you make with that. You want to take future trading remastered, then you can, but it's like, okay, well, get ready for a bit of a ride. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my answer to that. Uh apologies, and it sucks for sure. But it, like it sucks, but when cheers I, to those who make it. Yes, absolutely, because it it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And I noticed after I watched it a couple times that I I, I understood what you were saying. Cause the first time, the first go, I was like, okay, yeah. Sure. And then yep, yeah. <laughs> I watched it and I'm like, I like the sound of his voice and I like the way he looks. So I'll keep watching. <laughs> but then you're not learning anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> but then the second time I was like, okay, I, I see what he's saying, like trend architecture. Yeah, I just rewatched yeah. that again. And I, because I was trying to to actually do the levels and do the trends on my paper charting. On your account. trading, you paper trading yeah, account. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I could see where you're going with it. But again, I, I still have so many more questions that I just, you need to answer. So you said trend architecture there. So that's great. So you understand that we work with trends and there's yes. an architecture that we build. There's kind of a logic flow. I think that's kind of a, a key concept to realize is that there's a flow of logic that stems from the initial data point or from zero, from birth. We'll just call it from birth because it's a great way to put it. So okay. from the uh, inception or the birth of where you first select that point. So you're drawing your trend and the birth of that is the very first click where you click it on the chart and then you do the next. Well, yeah, You don't like those terms? Okay. <laughs> no, it, I get it. So you just have to think of it in a very theoretical, scientific way because you have to think of it like, okay, there's a trend, right? The birth point or the first point and the second point makes your trend. And then there's a very logical flow that it follows. It follows kind of this rule of time and it follows this way in which we use one trend to help dictate the next trend to dictate the next trend and the next trend. So it's interesting because in the concepts and in the theory and the science the way it works, it's like it all follows this kind of overarching, like everything fits into a container perfectly everything fits inside of these rules. So you have like the one bigger rule and you can think of a trend like that. So when you said trend architecture, you, you like you hit the nail right on the head. Very important pieces that it creates an architecture is a great way to think about it. And that's why I call it trend architecture because you have one trend that then dictates the next trend and then the next one after that and the next one, it kind of creates these containers where everything fits inside just perfectly and neatly. So right. 
And that's a really good thing to pick up on, that you're actually using that terminology trend architecture. It means that you understand that there is something that's building. So that's good. Yeah, <laughs> you just picked a lucky word. You just repeated one of my words and got lucky. Nice one. Yeah. Um, so I, the theories, in the theories are great, yeah. and and I like that there's like this actual. It's not just you saying things, and you're just. It's hard to explain. Because I, I think in the original future of trading, I kind of go through it in a very loose way. As yeah. to where this is extremely structured, I go through the effect of time. And then I build off the effect of time. I go through trends and then I build off of it. Like it's like one lesson leads so perfectly into each one thereafter. Because in the original future of trading, like it was hard to get through, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because so I, you made me do the remaster. <laughs> I didn't really have a choice. Uh, you should have heard the threats. I'm kidding. But uh, no, like you, you did the first future of trading. And it's like if you have to watch 90 lessons, you're going to get a much deeper understanding, but it's almost like you have to watch 90 lessons just to be prepared to watch the 90 lessons over again. Like you yeah. almost have to go through it once just to be able to go back through it to understand. So the first time, the first go, the first 90 lessons, which is ridiculous, it it's is. so big, but it's good because it shows how deep the science is and it really breaks people down and takes them. It's, all, it's neat because it's almost like Future of Trading Remastered came out second as the remastered better version, but it's almost like you could watch Future of Trading Remastered and then go back into the original course and look and, and watch that more in-depth cycle. And you'd be better equipped than watching the original one twice because that's what most of my audience does. They watch yeah. it once and they're like, okay, I kind of get it. I need to watch it again. Yeah. And then they watch it again and they're like, wow, this is magical. Now I understand. So that's like a big, big barrier. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great because, you know, Future Trading Remastered, it condenses it. And it's like, it's, yeah, the original one is tough. So am I missing anything by not watching the remastered or no, not, not watching the original? Well, it's a lot more in depth because I walk through examples. I talk them out a lot more in, in remastered. I kind of just explain it once and do it perfectly. I did it all live, by the way. I didn't have kind of anything pre-planned. I wrote down the list of lessons I wanted to do. And I was like, okay, how do we talk about the effect of time? I hit record and I recorded it, which also speaks to the authenticity of it because none of that stuff was pre like none of it. None of it was like, okay, let's use this chart. Let's talk about these points. It was all just like, okay, the effect of time. How do I talk about this record? Okay, go. And it was all one take. I never recorded any of those two times. I think there's one of them that I recorded twice. And that might've been the effect of time video because I think I, if I remember correctly, I screwed up on it and I had to re-record it because I said I was saying daily time frame, and I meant to say four hours, something like that. It was very confusing. I was yeah. like, oh, God damn it, I screwed it up. So um, yeah, like, uh, if, if, like, are you missing anything? That was your question, right? Yeah. I No, no, you're not. I think you're better off moving forward at that point. I think you're better off taking Future of Trading Remastered and then just moving forward and getting into butterfly effect. Like if I was teaching someone from zero, that's the cue I would tell them. I think if you really want to do that deep dive, you can go to the original course. But I think there's time better spent elsewhere. You have to look at it of how many hours you're going to spend going over the future of trading original course. You're, you're upwards of probably 40 to 50 hours. A long, like 40 to 50 hours sounds like, oh, I could do that in a week. No, this, it's not no. like you're learning. This is not like you're working at a job for 40 or 50 hours. You're doing your shift. It's like, Okay, go imagine taking eight hours straight of learning material and like comprehending it is not realistic. You're, you're talking about like months of grinding. You're talking about like a month or two months. So if you were to ask me, is it better? Is it a better course? Well, absolutely, it's a better course. But I think there's a better use of your time when you're learning how to do this, where you take Future Trading Remastered. And that same time, you could be through Blueprint and you could be on to Butterfly Effect. So you could actually be through the next piece or you could just have a better refinement of Future of Trading Remastered. So yeah, I do think you're missing things, but I think there's a better use of time by continuing to push forward. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things, half a dozen on one, half a dozen on the other. It's like, what do you want? Do you want to take it slow and go and have that super intimate experience? Well, then go and watch the original Future of Trading. Or do you want to continue pushing forward because you're hungry and thirsty for this? Like, that's how I would gauge it. Okay. So I have a couple questions that I need you to answer in order mm -hmm. for me to go forward before we get to that tell me okay. about what else you learned tell me about so you learned about trend architecture yeah um so f first off you knew nothing 
about trading like two weeks ago. Well, it's a little more than two weeks because we took a Christmas break. Yeah. But um, like about three weeks ago, you knew nothing about trading. You didn't even know what a trend was. You didn't even know how to draw a level, nothing. Like, how do you feel now that you're kind of at the, the day 15 mark? Like, how do you feel compared to day zero? Uh, I feel a lot more confident in my abilities to actually one day use real money. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it, it would take a lot more time for me to really feel confident enough to actually be do this as a career. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I thought that I didn't have the capabilities to actually understand. Cause I remember you used to show me stuff on the chart. You're like, babe, babe, look at this, look at that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And it just looked like lines and numbers. And I just, it was like yeah. the matrix. I couldn't even understand it. Like 10 um, years. It's been, yeah. yeah. So yeah. now when I look at it, I'm like, okay, I see what he's going. Like I see the lines, but I still don't understand it. Like I understand it in a point where, I know what a trend is. I know what that level is. I know what distribution, uh, accumulation. I know the peaks, the valleys, all those stuff. But mm -hmm. to actually execute it, that's where I'm. I'm still a little lost. But I feel yeah, yeah. confident enough that, like, hey, I can do this. I just need Good. to practice a lot more. Yeah. And the kids need to. <laughs> that's great. Like <laughs> yeah. round of applause because you. you know what? Two weeks ago you knew nothing, or three yeah. weeks ago you knew nothing about day trading. Yeah. Now you're sitting here talking about trend architecture. You're drawing trends. I've watched. I've peeked on some of your sessions. I see you drawing trends. You'd like to attach this candle to that. So you're you're drawing the right things. You they might not be a hundred percent perfect, but you're thinking and you're doing. So that's like it's amazing. Yeah. So two weeks ago you knew nothing. Now you're all of a sudden like, oh, one day I could maybe do this. Oh, so better than cotton. That's good. Yeah. And cotton you're in the making. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Amazing. Yeah. So then what else have you learned? You learned about trend architecture. What else? Yeah. Um, I'm still learning. I, I actually recall asking your uh, your Discord community about uh, longing and shorting because I was watching, um, I think, break levels or hold levels, mm, and I yeah. didn't quite understand that video. Uh, so I'm, I'm learning more about that stuff. Mm, um, yeah. I don't quite understand it in a way that I would be able to, again, execute it on a paper chart or paper trading. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I do feel that I have more confidence in the fact that one day I will get there mm -hmm. for sure. I feel like I can maybe even teach one of my friends how to, to do this maybe mm -hmm. yeah. eventually. Okay. Um, but uh, after trend architecture and the time, time was really important. And that's where I'm kind of getting the a little- time. The effective time. Yeah, okay. We're the time frames yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I, I understand it. I get it. But I don't- like when apply I, it, yeah. I can't apply it yeah, yet. Okay. When I'm looking at the charts and I'm, I'm trying to, to, okay, I go to the daily and I go to the four hour. And I have a question about that because in your charts, when I'm looking at your videos, you have the daily and then you have the 12 hour, but I don't have that option. Is it because I have the free version? Yeah, it's because you have the free version of TradingView. Okay. And the 12 hour is not used much, so it's not something I would hinge people or pry beginners on okay. saying like, oh, you must use this time frame. I rarely use it. Okay. There's a very unique time and place that the 12 hour is used and it's very infrequent. Okay. So you don't need it. I have it because I need to see that stuff as a high level person teaching this, but uh, for the most part, nobody really no. uses it or needs it. But okay. for me, I do. Okay. Yep. Good. Okay. Um, so I understand that you have to go like in a sequence every mm -hmm. time when you're looking yeah. at the levels and, and the trends and just so you understand where you can actually make your moves. Yeah, so like what's I, possible, what, yeah. what follows the rule set. Yeah. Yeah. So um, good. Yeah. I'm it's learning. really good. That's really good. So then, then that goes back to what we talked about with trend architecture. So you start taking all these theories and if you can understand kind of the overarching piece that connects them all together, like trends have an architecture and the effect of time exists in that architecture. So we have the effect of time and you have to kind of combine them. So you have trends and they can only do certain things. Well, now you add another layer on top of it and you say, okay, now they have the effect of time. So now you have to say, okay, well, if we mark trends, and use the effect of time. That means when we're marking our trends, we can only go down in time frames. We can never go up. So now you're applying multiple rules to one thing. So now you're understanding trend work, trend architecture, the, the development of how to use them properly. Now you're putting the constraints of time to say, this is what I can and can't do. 
So if you start breaking the rules, you know, like this is impossible, we can't use that. So now it gives you like this very clean flow of marking a trend and you're saying, okay, I mark the highest time frame down. That means I can only move down in my trends and down in time frames now. So it just creates this very cool, clean, like very scientific, like very awesome way to do things. Yeah. That's good. What else? What else did you learn? So you've learned <laughs> that's like really good, man. That's impressive. Thanks. I just need to learn how to apply it yeah. and actually do it properly. Cause when I see you do it, you do it so flawlessly, but obviously I'm still a beginner and mm -hmm. yeah. it takes practice and learning all of the rules, which is another thing with the hold levels and the break levels and those yep. things. Yep. That's another thing that I need you to help on yes but you sure. that's like really amazing how far you have gotten so now we're talking about hold levels and break levels how did you understand those i think that's where you had your questions right yeah. okay fire off your question okay. what do you got for me so they're on my phone okay so when let's start with trend architecture because i sure. do have a couple questions uh, so when you're marking out the trend architecture how do you find the best points in uh, distribution and accumulation so i know that you have to go distribution to distribution and accumulation to accumulation yeah. Um, and you have to use the wicks. Yeah. yeah and um, when I'm watching you do it, it looks like you're just picking a random point, a random like uh, part of the wick of accumulation if you're doing the top part. Mm -hmm. And then you just find another point. And I'm like, how, what made you decide to do that point as opposed to another one? Is it because of the peaks and valleys? Like, because there's two. Can't I'm trying to talk about what I'm talking about. No, I just see where this is going. I want to see how good you are. Okay. Is it because you there's the two candles together and then you go to the next? Like how why do you choose those specific points to mark as a for a trend? Okay. So you mark your first trend, right? You've got accumulation to accumulation. Yes. So that's you've gotten to that point uh in the queue. Next, you're asking, okay, why am I moving this? Why is Kant moving this? What, like, what's dictating no, the no. fact that he's moving his trend? No. Okay. Why did you choose that 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 first point in the trend? So why not go further in the chart? Yes. Okay. So now you're getting into a deeper part of the learning. Okay. I don't think <laughs> I don't think future trading goes over this. Um, it has to do with what we call active trends. An okay. active trend is the you won't. You haven't learned this yet, so it's okay. It's going to sound like Martian talk. So an active trend means like, okay, it's the one that's active. It's the one that's being used. So whenever we're marking trends, like it would be so easy to just go, oh, here's the top. There's a top. Just mark it, set it, and forget it kind of thing. Yeah. He has marked the tops. Easy peasy. That doesn't always give you an accurate result. You have to kind of follow a trail of trends. And without teaching a whole lesson on why I do it um, before you get to butterfly effect, I can kind of maybe give like a TLDR too long didn't read on it. So you have to think of what trend existed first. So like if you have this whole slew of candles, right? And it's this big. Well, before it got this big, it was actually much shorter in time. So in the first very, in the, in the inception of where that trend first existed, it would have been maybe this big instead of like this big, it would have been, it would have been tiny. But what you're looking at is you're looking at, oh, all these things have already happened. It's out here. So why isn't he just marking this point and this point, right? Yeah. So at first, this would have existed. So, so these two points that you're saying, well, why not mark these two points? Well, before that happened, they would have actually been like this. That would have been the very first trend that would have existed. A higher candle, lower candle, or wick or whatever. Um, that would have been the first thing that existed. As time goes on, that's adjusting. That trend in time is going on, and it's adjusting. Right. So you're looking at kind of the end result where you have the beginning and the end, and you're like, oh, how come his? How come he marked his level here and there? Because at first, it would have existed like this, and that would have been all you would have had. Right. And on a big time frame, it would have looked like this, but on a small time frame, it would have looked like that, like your original kind of synopsis where you said, oh, well, how come you're marking them like this? Well, maybe on a four hour, it would have been like that. But at the very beginning, a four hour would have been this short, but the 15 minute would have still been that long. Right. So that's why sometimes I'm using a trend that may not be so intuitive to see for a beginner, because I am taking what's called an active trend. And the active trend is like the trend that first existed. And how do you feel about hard close? Like if I if I use the term hard close, are you able to follow that kind of here? That's part of my question. Okay, so I'll just lightly use it. 
trend is this big, yeah. it hard closes somewhere past this marker, we then adapt it when it hard closes as it gets bigger. So we can only adapt it when it gets hard closed. So actually, if your trend was like this, like how we first had that first example, and it only moved downwards like this, well, that trend would have never adapted. It would have stayed there. As time goes on, you're getting hard closes on, on your chart, a hard closing on the trend, which is going to adapt that trend to different points. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I kind of got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it might not be intuitive. And you, because you don't want to always just use the top two wicks. That's where people get it wrong. That's not, that's not an accurate trend a lot of the time. Okay. You have to understand what the difference between an active and a non active trend is, which is later on in the learning period. Okay. Yeah. So just keep picking random trends. Keep, keep working with it. I mean, you're two weeks in on a journey that takes people sometimes years. Okay. So, like, just keep working at it and keep just following the concepts and keep learning. That's, okay. that's where you're at. Yeah. Okay. Um, There's one about hard closing. So the bottom side of a candle confirms all time frames, right? All time frames below it. So if you were on an hourly candle, it would confirm all time frames below it. So it means that the 15 minute, the five minute, three minute, the one minute have confirmed. That's the trick about hard closing. That's why the theory works. Because if it's on an hourly candle, it confirms everything below it. Okay. Can't technically confirm higher time frames because they're not in existence yet. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But it can confirm everything below it because it's like it's children, right? Same thing as trend architecture. Everything follows this kind of decycling thing, like trends create smaller trends, create smaller friend trends, timeframes create smaller timeframes, create smaller timeframes, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so where, so where do you find the hard close? Like where, where do you actually see it? Because I, I see you marking in a, in a trend or whatever, and mm -hmm. then. You're like, you can't go past that because it's a hard close or it confirmed because it's a hard close. And I'm like, I don't, where did this hard close happen? So what does, what is, I know you just explained what a hard close is, but can you explain it in a more watered down version? Sure. Visual, we'll do visual examples of this <laughs> sure. one. We'll do like really, okay, okay. this is your candle. Okay. okay. And this is your trend. Okay. We'll do, we'll do angled. Candles are coming to the trend. The trend is in existence. Bumps the trend like this. Okay. okay. Yeah. You're following your trend. Yeah. Oh, you went halfway through it. Yeah. You're not over it yet. Yeah. This is the candle. This is the top side of the candle. This is yeah. the bottom. The wicks could be wherever. They could be up at the ceiling on the floor. This okay. is just the body of the candle. So you okay. got your trend. When the bottom side goes over top of that trend, it confirms the hard close because that bottom side of that candle, it's confirming all time frames below it. So whenever you have the bottom side of a candle, that's a hard close. So if you have a trend that's like this, and okay. that that the body of that candle is halfway through, that's not a hard close. Not a hard close. Okay. It's that the trend is still there. It's not a hard close. It could go all the way out here, and it could have just the tiniest little corner still peaked in there. It's not a hard close okay. until it's actually over. And then that's when you see like a trend, and you see candles going through it, through it, through it, and it's like, oh, it's breaking out now, and then it dumps. Yeah. Never hard closed, right? Okay. So then when that bottom side of the candle gets over top of that trend and closes, which means there's a new candle created. So imagine we have two cans. Give me your Giru can. No, um, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't, I don't have three. No, I'm not Goro. <laughs> okay, so Goro. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Uh, you have one candle here. It closes, creates another candle. Right. This one just hard closed because the bottom side of that candle is over trend and there's no parts of it that are still in that trend. Okay. So if this was the hourly time frame, it means it's confirmed the 15 minute, the five minute, the three minute, the one minute, and all the second candles as well. Okay. If it was a four hour, it would do the same things, but also confirm the hourly. And then that would go for the other side too. So like we did a trend this way, it would go for a trend this way as well. Like if you're falling through a trend like this, right? You're like this. Well, the top side of that candle that's falling through the trend, that would be the bottom side of the candle okay. because it's the bottom of the price, right? Or so is that distribution? This would be an accumulation candle because it's like, well, okay, this would be... Yeah, it would be a distribution candle. Okay. Yeah, this would be like if something was trying to accumulate, but it's like falling below trend. A distribution candle would be like this. And when that bottom gets below it, mm -hmm. then that's hard closing. Okay. Yeah. That's like the watered down visual right. example version of hard closing, the bottom side of the candle. Why do they call it hard closing? Uh, just because it's like everybody, I don't know, actually, you know, like I have a theory of why it's called hard closing. People always used to be like, oh, it's closing over trend. It's doing this. It's doing that. And 
never really worked. It didn't really make sense. So people right. probably use this term like, oh, it's closing. Oh, but it's not hard closing, Jim. Well, it doesn't like this is ridiculous. Like there's not, there's just not closing a candle. I think somewhere along the line, people are like, oh, it's closing, it's closing. And then they never really understood trends. So they just made up this term called it's hard closing. Okay. It's like, you know, you, you going to find a girl at the bar or whatever, like oh, hard right. close on that, right. you know, like then, so it's like, yeah, it's like the real close. I'm not okay. going to just close this girl. I want to hard close that girl, you know? So like, Don't. it's like, okay, let me call the police in advance so we can uh, avoid Stop. some kind of things happening here. Stop. Trying to hard close human beings. What is this? <laughs> Watched Hannibal one too many times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere along the lines, they, they in, invented this term. So I just like, to make it easy for people instead of creating a new term, like it's the alpha close or something. It's like, ah, it's, just, it's the hard close. It's the real way to do a hard close. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hard <laughs> closing. <laughs> uh, yes, that's good. Um, is a valley, no, that's that, I understand that one. Because I was going to ask you if a valley is in distribution, right? That's right. When two candles of distribution. That's a valley. Mm -hmm. Okay, because you're not, you're just kind of looking no, no, it's okay. You okay. said you understood it, so I was just hoping you just cruise on. Okay, um, so same thing with accumulation, that's a peak. Um, so if something doesn't hit the break level, it can still create a trend. What does that mean? If something doesn't, if something doesn't hit, it's mm -hmm. a break level. Yeah. Okay, wait, let's start with what's a break level. Mm-hmm. So you should know this because it's in future trading remastered. You I understand that. Those but are part still, of the questions. <laughs> so a break level is going to be the point of a move that tries to break its move. So the reason why I call them break levels is because it, it will, will try to break its move. I have a question. Sorry. Before. So, okay. So hard close is about the candle going over or under past the trend line. Or a level. It can be a trend or a level. Okay. You can have hard closes on trends and levels. Okay. And break levels are just for levels and not trends. Break levels are for like tops of peaks and valleys, like tops and bottoms of peaks and valleys. Okay. So you need to watch break levels over again because okay, that's a concept clearly. that's gone past you. Yeah. A, a break level is, is something that will try to break the move. So if you have something that's constantly going up, there's mm -hmm. going to be a level there that breaks it. Almost think of it like a shattering glass, right? Like there's some kind of level here that's a break level. And if something is constantly moving up, it can't hit this. If it hits this, it's going to try to break the move. So it's going up, the move's not broken, the move's not broken, all of a sudden it starts coming down, hits that, it's going to try to break the move and then keep going down. But okay. as long as it stays over top of this break level, it can still be moving up and up and it stays, oh, it stays over top of it and it just keeps going higher and higher. But the break level is something that tries to break the move to the other direction. Okay. That's a good way to remember it. If it hits the break level, it's typically going to break it into the other direction. So okay. if you've been moving up for like a month straight, when it hits its break level, that's like, okay, it's done moving up. Now it's time to start moving down. So how do you even mark a break level? Do you mark a break level? You do. And and that's where you need to go watch Future Trading okay. Remastered. That lesson will show you how. Okay, I'll watch it again. It's peaks and valleys. Okay, I'll watch it again. <laughs> mm, there you go. Yeah. Um, okay, we already went over. No, we didn't. So a hold level is the same thing as, it's like the basically an opposite of, break level yeah you're gonna have a break level and then above it you're gonna have a level that tries to hold that move so if it keeps going up and it keeps hitting hold levels while it's holding that movement up still okay yeah so those are my questions that's it that's it easy so that means you've gotten most of it you're you're grasping yeah. most of it that's great yeah. i mean i feel like those are the core pieces to actually mm -hmm. they're pretty important go over the other parts but yes a lot of people always ask me about hard closes a lot of people ask about break levels hold levels is very common stuff. So yeah, you're on the right path. Okay, good. Now we have some questions from right. our patron community. Yes. So let's get to the questions from the patron community. Okay, here we go. And also another thing, um, I saw you interacting with the Discord group like crazy about this stuff. Like you're asking about longing and shorting. Great heads up move because instead of just being like a lot of people would just say, ah, you know, I'll figure it out later. Um, you took that initiative to just ask for help in the community. That was a great, great play because that's where you're going to get like a lot of help, a lot of resources, a lot of people just willing to say like, this is what you need. And uh, it just instantly clears it up and just helps you not make mistakes. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, once I feel more comfortable showing everybody my actual charts, then I'll probably start sharing that. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. just wanted to clarify all these concepts before I really go deeper into paper trading. That's the benefit of the Discord community, right? You've yeah. got people who are pros, high-level pros, beginners, everybody like people like you who are just starting all the way to people who are making seven figures a year doing this and everybody helps each other. So yeah, it's it's a great Discord community. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's super nice there. Yeah. Okay. Best day trading Discord online, like bar none. Bar for, none? Yeah, bar none. Is that a saying? I, I don't, don't even know. Barn none? Or no, bar none. <laughs> but not barn. It's not barn none. No, it's bar none. I don't it's think okay. that's right. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. You can move on. So uh, <laughs> we asked the patron community. Yeah, we yeah. asked them to do some questions for this podcast. Yeah. That's part of the uh, benefit of being on the patron is that you can help and uh, interact with stuff like this. Right. Yeah. Okay, so... We'll hear him again with the names. Wani Song. Okay, Wani Song. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, said, thank you both, Naya and Cotton. After having done all the ch your chart preparation, how do you decide which stock or crypto to focus on for trading on that day? Do you look at the ones that are about to hit a crucial crucial, sorry, uh, level or origin level, etc.? Do you put alerts to keep track of several stocks at the same time? Okay, now what do we do? Uh -huh. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> okay, so uh, what 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 does a daily routine look like? So, um, first off, you have to know what you're trading. Whether it's like Bitcoin, forex, stocks, uh, everything has kind of like a controller in the markets. Everything has this like thing that controls them. Like Bitcoin controls all the altcoins. Um, uh, the uh, the S and P controls uh, the DJI and the S and P control all your uh, stock your stock markets and then uh, the DXY controls uh, forex markets and commodities is yeah I will talk about commodities a little more advanced so we'll talk just talk about those ones so there's always something that controls everything in the market so like if I'm trading Bitcoin or let's use uh, an example that would be applicable here if I'm trading Ethereum or all coins maybe I'm just trading some like weirdo coin like I don't know like Stellar Lumens or just like whatever you're okay. just trading some kind of altcoins you'd want to know what bitcoin is doing first and then so the trading day looks like this you wake up you go to your computer you log on first thing you should be doing is just checking what bitcoin's doing you should just like don't worry about your altcoins unless you have positions in them that you need to manage but you should just simply be like boot up a bitcoin chart like bitcoin usdt uh perpetual futures is the best so perp btc usdt perp it's called or just uh bitcoin usdt which is the us dollar and and try to get a grasp on what it's doing for the day like if it looks like okay it just hit a pretty big support level um it's kind of accumulating now it's been it's like three or four four hour candles it's not really moving down it's starting to ladder up on smaller time frames um it, it's starting to stabilize and it's about to take a move up so then you can say okay well if bitcoin's about to take a move up i should start looking at where the best place to get into my altcoin positions are so if you're trading like stellar lumens or dogecoin or or whatever like um I don't know, Harmony One, any of these coins, you would you would go and you'd see what Bitcoin is doing for the day. And then you would look for the best spot to enter the altcoin. So if Bitcoin looks like it's about to move up, you would say, okay, I want to take altcoin positions long today because we're, we're going to start moving up on Bitcoin. So that means all the altcoins are going to start running up too. So what I need to do is I need to find the level on Bitcoin that looks like kind of the final moment that I can get in, the last kind of best price scenario. So if you think Bitcoin's gonna go down one more time before it skyrockets up, then you need to pinpoint that moment. It's like, ah, it's going down one more time. You need to pinpoint that exact moment. And that's where you need to be buying your altcoins because they're gonna go down too to that exact, like ah, kind of this last moment, best price before they go up. So whenever you're day trading every day, that's that's the cue you do. And then the same with stocks, you look at DJI and the S&P and you say, okay, well, what's going on with DJI and the S&P? And then you go and you chart those out and say, okay, well, if it looks like it's going to go down, well, you might want to start taking short positions on things. Or if it looks like it's going to keep running up, then you take your longs and you do that exact same process. So you wake up, you chart out and understand what's happening for that day. So like today we'd wake up, we chart out and understand what's happening for today. And then when you know where your kind of your final buying spot is before it moves up or down, that's when you start taking your positions. Yeah. So Bitcoin basically controls all the altcoins, um, right? Yeah, it controls the entire crypto space, like everything. Okay. Yeah. yeah, all markets are like that. The S&P and the DJI do that with all the stock markets. Huh. Yeah, the DXY, which is the uh, US dollar index, 
Uh, I believe it's the US dollar index. I'm fine. Remember what the DXY actually stands for. I just always type DXY. Um, the DXY controls like all your foreign exchange markets, which is like uh, the yen, the Canadian dollar. Yeah. So there's like know. one controller for every market. Master that controller. Take your positions accordingly. That's good advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, is that good for Wani? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. The next person is Chad. Okay. Um, he says, I'm a bit confused on what to do with my time during each of those blocks. Here, I think he's talking about uh, mental analysis here. Okay. Um. Here is where I'm having an issue in MAE, so mental analysis okay. evolved. Yeah. You recommend two tokens to study, yeah. two conditioning, mm -hmm. and two tokens to training. Yeah. In my in my mind, those are all the same thing. I don't really understand how my focus would be different in those three slots. Oh, good question. Okay. Um, so it was what were the three again? I remember conditioning and training. And studying. And studying. Okay. Um, I can see how this would be. Some people might not be able to tell the difference um, if they're not from the mental analysis world. So uh, studying was the first one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So studying is just going and doing your deep dive hardcore. Like, okay, I want to get through lesson four, five, and six today of course X. So you just go and you just study the material. You learn it. You write your notes. You're just sitting there for two hours straight. Just if that's what you're doing, two hours. Was that the example? Two hours in each time frame here? Uh, two tokens. So yeah. Two tokens. Okay. So two hours. Yeah. Two one hour tokens. So you're talking about six hours span. Okay. So you would just do two hours of straight studying. You're not taking breaks. You're not doing anything like that. You're just learning as much as you can. It's hyper-focused. It's what we call targeted training. So it's very uh, targeted training where you're just sitting there. You're just learning for two hours straight. So that's the training token. Um, the next Studied. one was... Study, yeah, sorry, study. study. Yeah. That's a study token. Uh, the next one was conditioning, yes. right? Yeah, okay, so then your conditioning routine would be you just finished studying and now you need to do conditioning for your mind. So it's where you take a break, walk away, maybe meditate, get your lunch, but you're still in kind of a, an understanding mindset. You're still trying to figure the pieces out. So you just studied for two hours and now you're like, okay, I need to take a break so I can go train and see what I've learned. So in that two hours, you're doing mind conditioning. So that's like, okay, you're thinking about the concepts you're having a nice healthy lunch, you're um, maybe doing some meditation, some exercise. And I often do that. I'm just like in thought, but I'm doing what I'm like, my, my core things to survive, like my working out, my eating, my uh, going to get the mail, like whatever I have to do. But I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking back and reflecting on the lesson saying, okay, I learned this. What does that mean? Okay. I learned about hard closes today and trend architecture. You said that about trend architecture and I know a hard close will break that trend architecture. So it's conditioning is, is very much like just kind of being in this state where you are thinking about what you learned and just theorizing and conceptualizing and, and having your mind grab onto those things that you learned, yeah. like actually absorbing. taking them and exactly absorbing them. Yeah. 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 And then the last one is training, Training, right. which which would be perfect because you'd go and you do your study time, your, your targeted study time. Um, you would then go into like more of a heuristic mode where it's like this broad concept awareness. And now you're trying to put into training what you just learned. So you learned it. You conceptualize it and thought about it to absorb it. And now you're seeing what you're getting out of it. So that should be like a really good six hour block of learning where you actually go and do the material. You absorb it and take a break to let your mind rest. And then you go back and you now, instead of looking at courses, you would like go on the charts yeah. and you would say, okay, this is what I learned. Let's do it and practice it. So now you're practicing the things you absorbed and learned. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I would say the exact same thing. Yeah. Well, you're the person who's in mental analysis. Would you add anything to that? Um, no, you didn't. You basically said everything I would have said. Good job. <laughs> Anything to add? See, I'm not so bad when it comes to brain. No, like, you might be no. the pro, but I've, I've picked up on something. No, you did it perfectly. Yeah. Oh. It, it, I would say for conditioning too, I do notice that you you do that really well. You You absorb the information and then you are doing something completely different, but you're still in deep thought of what you just learned or what you want to teach or whatever mm -hmm, yeah. it is the the concept that's in your brain you're still thinking about it and i i always see you and i'm just like what did he do <laughs> but i always give me an example what have you seen lately well, what have you seen? your shower time is your your thought process time yeah. when you're working out i see you you're still like doing other exercises like doing like your your um voice exercises like because you're learning training, yeah, yeah your voice training yeah. so you're always using your time so valuably 
always. I notice that all the time. And I, I wish that I had more of that time, but I'm taking care of the kids. The kids take everything. Even when we're eating dinner, we're talking about like the weekend's new album because it's very, very artistic, very masterful. Like an album is a masterpiece, his new album. Even at dinner times, like we're eating pizza, I'm talking about Jim Carrey and how he did his voices and how creative it was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Conditioning is super important. It is. It really is. That conceptual layer where you theorize. And it like gets ingrained into your body and you really understand it in a way that you can really implement it into your training and your everyday um, world. Mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Triple Sam is next. Triple Sam. Okay. Uh, he or she said, what was your process in the past to start training for the day? Do you define the move and start training in that direction? Or do you have one trade for a short, one trade for a long defined at the start of your day? Another good question. We've got three good ones. So the start of my day, I define what the meta of the market is doing. So I like to kind of separate the thought of what am I doing in this moment versus the thought of what is the market doing as a meta as a whole right now. So like I like to separate it so I can kind of put things in boxes or containers in different ways that I can understand and how it's going to move next. So I would go and I would say, okay, uh, we'll use a really weird example or really hard to dissect example, which would be uh, Bitcoin's kind of right in the middle of two trends. It's not quite at the top of its move. And it's not quite at the bottom. So it could kind of really go either way. And it's right in the middle. So it's like, okay, well, what do you do? It's almost like it feels like a 50-50 here. I define the overarching meta and, and that's how I start my day. So if it's like right in between two things, I say, okay, well, what did it do last? And what did it do before that? And what did it do before that? So I kind of work backwards and say, okay, what is the largest overarching piece? So what is it still doing? And then I, I break it down into a next part and I say, okay, well, it's still moving down. Like Bitcoin's moving down right now. I'm like, okay, it's still moving down, but it's inside of this range. Inside of that range, it collapsed to create another micro range. So generally it's moving down. So I do want to look for kind of that moment where it could be that, oh, if I think it's got one more final moment before it moves down again, and it's going to continue this trajectory, I like to find where that pinpoint moment is. Now, here's where it gets really difficult because it's it's very easy to say, oh, it's just moving down and down and down and down. You have to understand where, if we're still moving down in Bitcoin, like I don't even know what the price of Bitcoin is. I think it's like 44,000 right now. If we're still moving down and you're saying like, okay, it can go to 48,000 before it moves down again, I would be looking to long to 48,000. So if I know it's going down again, if I know that, oh, 48,000 is its kind of final point, now I have some information that I can say, well, if that's its final point, it's probably going there. So that means even though it's only 44,000 now, longing doesn't feel right, I need to look for the long opportunity to get to that point to short because I don't want to wait for my day to start until we get, like it could, it might not start for eight or 12 hours. It might drag out for like three or four days before it hits 48K. So what am I going to do? Just sit here on my thumbs and just like, you know, boot up some Hearthstone and scream at my monitors. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so like, if I know it's going to continue going down, then I start looking for longs to get to that level. So then I start to say, okay, it's going to move down. I need to long and I need to find that next long. So then I have like the the next point that's moving down and I continue to break it down into these smaller and smaller components. So if I still, if I know it's still moving down, I need to take a long. Well, where can I take a long? Where could it go down to right now before it goes up to that 48K target? So I'm not just saying like, okay, we need to sit here at 44K, long to 48. No, now I take it a a layer deeper. I say, okay, we're at 44K. I know we need to go to 48K. How how, How much further can it go down before it's still laddering up. So it's still following the trend architecture and how much, how like we're at 44K, could it go down to like 43K? Could I long there to go to 48K? Yeah, I could. So I need to take a long there. And I take it one step further and I say, well, if we're going to 43K and we're at 44K right now, shouldn't I short this thing to go down to 43K and then take the long to take that next short up there? And then I take it one step further and I say, okay, if we're going out to 43K, could we go up to 45 first? And could I long right now to 45 to take a short to 45 down to 43 and then take a long from 43 to 40? So I continuously just build this trail of, well, can I do this? Can it do that? Can it do this? And I just constantly build this trail and I build out this architecture and this logical flow of what is happening. And now I know exactly what I need to do. So I need to start like shorting and longing right now, all these little in-between moves and start taking the smallest pieces of it just to start getting rolling for the day. And then if it breaks away from my deviation, I know that it's like, oh, actually it can't go. So like when I said at the very end, can it go to 45K first before it goes to 43? 
If it doesn't go to 45K and it just starts moving down, I know there's no more shorts left. And now it's like, oh, it's just going to 43 right now. So I have the perfect long opportunity. And if it goes to 45, but then doesn't go to 43, it goes to 45 and keeps moving up. I know that, hey, there's not really any more long opportunity. So if it, if it deviates away from the schematic that I've drawn, then I know all other possibilities aren't possible. So and it's kind it always of, follows that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's, there's this kind of schematic that I build out. And don't wait for these perfect moments. Although you should, like I tell everybody, just wait for polarity, wait for the perfect moment. But then understanding this at a very deep level, like you have to build out this schematic on a daily basis where you're, you're creating this like blueprint of things that could happen so that you know when it breaks away from that, it's deviated and there's nothing else left. So, so if it didn't follow your schematic and now all of a sudden you know exactly what to do because there's no, no outcomes left. It's just, oh, it broke away from the deviation. Now I know exactly what to do. So it gives you very, very uh, clear and concise information on how to actually trade it. Very advanced. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Way above this stuff right now, but that's okay because it's a really great question from Triple Sam. Very advanced. Very good one. Nice pick on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. No more questions. So that's a Discord community questions. <laughs> now, what's next for you this week? You tell us, Naya. What's next? Uh, vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so you you need to go and you need to review future trading remastered right. again because you're still missing a few pieces, which is quite okay. And uh, next would be the strategy series. Now, the strategy series, you, you, it's going to be good because it's going to teach you more of these concepts and just make you feel more comfortable because it gives you strategies. It's like the strategy series kind of just shows you quick and easy trades to follow. Like that was the whole point of that series was to say like, okay, you've gotten through future of trading. These are like some kind of quick hacks that you could do to take some trades. It's almost like you could follow these like little guides. It's like 12 little independent guides. And it's like, okay, well that would be good, but that'll take a long time to master. So, so that would be good, but I wouldn't hedge your entire learning process on that. Instead, what we need to do is now start talking about things like how much money should you trade with? How big should your position sizes be? Like if you have $10,000 in an account, how much of it should you risk on every trade? Because now you're probably sitting there like, yeah, I can mark trends and levels, but like how, how much should I be trading? You never probably came across a cross or you probably just hit the button, buy it, it's probably maxing out your account and you're getting these crazy <laughs> trades, but that's not realistic. It's fun for paper trading, but it's not realistic. Yeah. So now we need to start getting into Blueprint material and Blueprint okay. is a bulky course. I don't think you'll be able to finish Blueprint in two weeks, but I'm going to give you, um, in the coming days, I'm going to give you the lessons that I want you to be learning. So I'll post them on social media, TikTok, Instagram, okay. all that good stuff that I use. I'll, I'll kind of post what I want you to be learning that day because I'm going to go through Blueprint and I'm going to say, okay, these are the smart ones. So one, just off the top of my head, I'm going to have you go through bankroll management. Okay. Bankroll management dictates how much of our account. So like say in your paper trading account, you have $100,000. Well, it dictates how much every trade should be. Okay. And we do what's active and passive trading. So we have an active account and a passive account. So your entirety of your account is your passive account. It's how much money you have kind of just sitting there. Now you need to take a small chunk of that and trade with it. So if you had a hundred grand, you need to take a small piece of that, like $5,000 and put that into what we call an active account. This is a system I made all up on my own. So you won't see buttons on, on trading view that says like, oh, active account, passive account. This is what, how the work we do behind the scenes yeah. so that we follow like a set of rules. So we're never losing too much money when we're wrong. So you have a hundred grand. We're going to take 5% of that, which is $5,000. And you're going to be trading with $5,000 per position on your paper trading account. So that means if you're going to buy Bitcoin, you're only allowed to buy 5,000. Now, doesn't mean you can go and take another 5,000 and take another chunk of your trading account. It doesn't mean you get to go and just say, oh, I want to put 5,000 on Bitcoin. I want to put 5,000 on Ethereum. And I want to go trade the Canadian dollar and put 5,000 there. It means that you have 5,000 to work with together. Okay. All across the board. So maybe you might want to split it up into $2,000 into Bitcoin. And you may want to save $3,000 for other things. Like maybe you want to put 1,000 in Ethereum. So you're, what we're doing by doing that is we're protecting our capital, which is, is our career, it's our foundation, it's everything we have. Because if we run out of money, we're out of the game and that's it. And for a lot of people, that's like the end of their career in day trading. So we have to do our best to protect our account. So if we had 100,000, 10,000 or $1,000, it doesn't matter. We have to take a 5% five, 5 of that is what we trade with. And then we split that 5% into like, if you want to manage 10 positions, then you split it into 10 positions and you only have 5,000 to trade with. 
And if you lose it all because you're really bad or you just had a really bad week, it might not be really bad. You might still be learning, but you had a really bad week. Everything went wrong. It's like, I still got 95 grand left. Doesn't matter. Only lost a small amount. So you'd have to actually almost like blowing your career 20 times because you'd have 5% each time. So 5% times 20 is 100%, right? So that means that you would have $5,000. You like hit the fan and you blew it all for like, you know, that amount of time. Like you, you did that 20 times. Like there's obviously big flaws and leaks there. <laughs> you could do this four times. You're like, oh my God, I lost my entire account four times. And that would be like a red flag trigger to stop and be like, okay, what am I missing? Why am I making these mistakes? So that's kind of like a crash course on, on bankroll management, but we have to set up these parameters and these rules so that we don't completely blow through our accounts and that we can also use as an anal- analytic tool. Because when, when we're like blowing through accounts like this, it's like, whoa, you know, if this was a hundred grand a pop and I just did this 20 times, I just blew $2 million. Uh-oh. You're yeah. like, that's not a good look, right? You're like, <laughs> yeah. that's not something you want to be doing. It's a lot of money. So then we have this kind of process that we do where we can protect our capital and just use a smaller amount of money. Okay. And then as we make more, we can up it. So if you make m- more money, you can take more than 5,000. We're going to do bankroll management. Um, that's going to be a big one. I will, I will let you know which other ones because I have to go through Blueprint and take a look at what are the more, most critical lessons for a beginner. But that's going to be one of them. And that's like a really good TLDR for it. So is it how many, how many um, videos is one lesson of that? Is it like I'm pretty a, sure they're just one-to-one. Okay. I don't think I split them up, but they're long. I think they're like half an hour each. That's not long. Well, that's, I think it's like 32 lessons. So oh, okay. you're talking about like 17 hours of content. That's, 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 too that's, much. A, that's a good amount. That's to, too much. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you're going to make it through that. Um, so yeah, that, that'll be your task this week is to start understanding the strategy videos and then start going through blueprint. So, you know, okay, this is what I should be trading with. Cause now we're actually building something that's sustainable for you. Yeah. We've learned about levels. You'll take this week to refine future of trading and splice in blueprint and some of the strategy videos. So now that you're, you're kind of taking this as a okay, I'm understanding my technical analysis. Now I'm tackling what I call procedural analysis. So what we're doing right now with blueprint and bankroll management, we've learned technical analysis is a different type of analysis called procedural analysis. It's the execution layer of trading, like how much money should I use? Um, how often should I trade? Things like that. It's, okay. I call it procedural analysis. It's the execution of the trades themselves because there's a layer of analytics that we work in there as well. Like how do we actually execute the trades and what's the smartest way to do this? Okay. Yeah, so, I need that because clearly yeah. with my paper trading, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> well, if you just learn technical analysis, you don't know any of the other things like, oh, how much money should I trade with? Where yeah. should I put this money? How, how should I run my bank accounts? Like there's a lot there. Right. And then you get further and then there's comparative analysis, which is a really hardcore stuff like butterfly effect. So there's kind of through three layers of analysis as I see it. Technical analysis, which has always been there and always existed since the 1800s. Um, procedural analysis, which is actually the execution of the trades and the smart way to actually execute them. And then comparative, which is the future of trading. The comparative analysis is like butterfly effect in the future of trading. Okay. Technical analysis was the old version. Comparative analysis is the new version. So one day maybe they'll call it CA. I made that term up. So if they do, we know where it came from. Cotton candy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Triple CA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's your task this week. Okay. Future Trading Remastered. uh, Catch up on anything or not catch up, but go through anything that you're not understanding. And so you're really sharp on your technical analysis. You're marking out your levels, your trends. Comparative analysis uh, will be for the future. Well, I don't know if you'll get to that actually in the first month. That would be pretty tough. So then just um, technical analysis and procedural. So future trading remastered uh, strategy series so that you can start seeing some of these patterns and being like, oh, okay, I I know this. I've seen this, this, I should trade this. And then blueprint there's, I'm going to give you which lessons to do. Okay. Final thoughts. Uh, No. (laughs) Uh, Final thoughts. Um, Yes, this is a really challenging challenge. And I'm happy that you're here to help me. And I'm happy that you have an awesome Discord co- uh, community that can actually, you know, help guide me and, and answer questions when you choose not to answer. <laughs> when I flat out ignore you. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's difficult for sure. I, I find that um, having that mental analysis background has really helped me kind of stay centered with a lot of the difficulties that I've been having trying to understand and wrap my my head around mm-hmm. 
the concepts because you make it seem so easy. And then I just, I do it. And then I'm like, ah, this is not, this isn't how his charts look like. <laughs> Mental analysis is a huge game. It it's, really it's is. It's the biggest factor that I see crush day traders and the ones that succeed, it's the biggest factor also. So it's the biggest success and failure factor in this, in this market, in this industry and day trading. Absolutely. So it's good that you have that background. Uh, for a lot of people who don't, don't worry, we're going to go through mental analysis next week. That's going to be week four um, kind of work that we leave people with and that's going to come still. So we do have mental analysis work to do still, yeah. but um, yeah, it, like the mental analysis aspect is huge. It really is. So I, I commend anybody who doesn't really have those, um, I don't want to say skills, but they don't have. They've just never been taught. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, and they're doing this and they're, they're hitting their heads and just not really understanding. I get it. I totally understand where you're coming from and you are doing amazing and just keep, just keep having your head up high because it, it is really hard to, to learn this stuff. It mm -hmm. really is. It should be. It's the most lucrative industry in the world. You have people making, you know, somebody who's a successful day trader, think, take any career in the world. You want to make six figures a year, got to go to school. Like, unless you've been struck by the luck lightning, you've, you've got to go to school. Like, you're not making six figures otherwise. Day trading, you could start out three months, you can be making six figures. It's very alluring. They make seven figures a year. You, you, you could be making, you're talking about, oh, I make six figures a year. Yeah, I make six figures a month. Like, that's, that's big, right? Yeah. Like. It's, it's, it's a very, like, it should be hard. It shouldn't be easy to, to accomplish that type of financial stride in life. Like if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. You know, everybody would just trying. be, yeah, everybody would just be, yeah, I'm a day trader. You know, I yeah. make six figures a month. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Like day traders, it makes six figures a month. Like imagine how much money that is. Imagine you're working at your job, you're doing whatever work you are, office work, and you get a paycheck and you're like, yeah, I made two grand or three grand this week. You know, imagine day trading and you're like, how'd you, how much did you make this year? 80, 87 grand. Oh, I made that. Like my, my last paycheck for my last two weeks at work was like 65,000. And then it's like you made in two weeks what they made all year. And then the next two weeks you made what they made next year. So in a month you've done what they've done in two years. One more month, that's four years of their life. Another month you're talking about six. That's like, Three months equals six months, six years of someone else's life who's making like 90 grand a year. So like, it, it's very, like if, if it was so easy, everybody yeah. would do it. Like there's a reason why it's so difficult. It's a, there's a reason it's a cutthroat place, but day trading is like, isn't like anything else. It's like the, the career of the future. It's like what people would be doing for hundreds of years. It's going to be like day trading is exploding. So it, it shouldn't be easy. It's not easy. It never will be. And um, yeah, to think it is, is like kind of just laughable. Just, just a missing piece there in the, the thought process, right? Yeah. So kudos to everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough journey for sure. Kudos really? to everybody. And then you were here two weeks. Did you think two weeks ago you'd be at this point? How did you think you, did you, think you were going to fail? Okay. Let's put it that way. Did you think you were going to fail two weeks ago? How did you? Okay, two weeks ago, honestly, I thought I would be like trading with real money and like... Oh, buying oh, purses and this way. and that. Yeah. You thought <laughs> in thought two weeks you were kind of like, I'm the boss dog now. Yeah, I could okay. teach cottons and things. No. Oh, no, no, okay. <laughs> no, that's not, uh, it's, yeah, it, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you thought that way. I thought it was going to be the other way. You'd no. be like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this. Well, when you told me, like, the only deterrent I really had was the time yeah. And math. And you're like, oh, there's tools for that. I'm like, I got this then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, no, the children took over my life. Everybody got sick. I, and then it's probably a lot harder than you it's thought. It's a lot harder yeah. than I thought it would be. So. The real stuff is. The fake stuff. It, it's, it's like indicators. Yeah, the indicators. Let's get on that one. <laughs> yeah. And then you can clearly see how yeah. useless they are as yeah. soon as you understand it for yeah. real. Yeah. So it's hard, but we got it. I don't know if I'll be trading real money if you'll allow it, but uh, hey, do do whatever you want. Okay, sure. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I'll hide the bank cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think I'm proud it, of myself right? for sure because I know that it's a difficult task, and a lot of parents or single parents that have children or young children or have other jobs that are trying to learn a new not a new trade, but a new skill. I totally get it. It's really difficult. So like. But the 
the great thing is, is like you said something important there. You said they're learning a new skill. You can choose any skill to learn in life. This gives you financial literacy. It allows you to understand what's truly going on in the world. And it's a career that's not going anywhere. This is not some kind of like flash in the pan thing. It's been here forever. It will be here forever. It's not like, you know, Amazon marketing or uh, what do they call it? Drop, drop by Amazon. It's not like these, you know, Amazon classes. It's not like the hot thing now. If you learn this and you spend your time doing it, you're building a real skill set that you will use till the day you die. And if you choose for it to be your career, if you choose to wake up every day and go to the charts for two hours a day, make a thousand or 2000 bucks a day, you can, you can do that. And it's not like it's some kind of oh, there's only room for so many people. Like you go to Amazon, whatever you do, like drop shipping by Amazon. And it's like, oh, well, I want to sell hairpins. Well, they already got hairpins for sale. So pick a new product, right? Like, I don't know. No, I like hairpins. I don't use them. Maybe I should. Maybe in the next podcast, I'll do some hairpins. <laughs> sound nice. <laughs> Take some of Lily's. That's yeah. our daughter. Um, but like, it, it's not this thing where you, you're learning a skill that may or may not be used, that may or may not be phased in and out. It's like, you're going to, you're, it's like going to school for something. You're learning something that will be there forever. And if you continue to develop, it's just a matter of time. Like every month that goes by that you're studying, that you're training, that you're doing all this work, every month you're either making more or you're getting one step closer. So Absolutely. It, it's not this thing that's going to go away. It's like university. You spend like a bulk of your life mastering it and it will continuously reward you. And it's it's really cool because like as a gamer myself, I've been a gamer all my life. I like things where I can progress in. Like I like World of Warcraft. I like playing a lot of different video games where there's a progression system where I can constantly just gear up, continue leveling, continue min-maxing. Like just constantly have this thing where I've, I've put my time into it and there's no like, oh, this is it. The more I put in, just the further and further and further I get and the better amongst all the other people I am. And it's the same thing with day trading because there's no... There's no cap. There's no like, oh, I figured it out. You know, there's no cap. And and the reward is finances. So the reward is like financial freedom. It's you seven figures a year if you want, eight figures a year if you want. So I've trained people who make eight figures a year now. So then it's like, okay, that's a great thing about this. It's not time wasted. The only time wasted is like trying to learn the shortcuts and cheap, cheap hacks or giving up. Those are the only two things that you always time in day trading, like not making it and giving up or like learning the wrong sciences. Right. Good advice. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. I think we covered everything for today. Yeah. Okay. Thanks everybody so much for tuning in today. And uh, like I always say, we'll see you on the next one. <laughs> Bye.